We are starting our series, Oh Light Divine, and uh, not Oh Night Divine, but Oh Light Divine. And uh, I don't usually do this, but I do want to make sure that all the campuses uh, hear this, see this, celebrate it. I'm sure that at your campus, you have celebrated uh, Kingdom Builders with a, a record number last week. And of course, then uh, going over $6 million. And uh, I have the book up here with me again. And it's just a reminder that everything in this book, it means it's funded 100%. And I think that's amazing. Here at all of our campuses, that is Amazing. Uh, it, is, it is incredible. I, I said, as soon as we make it, then, I mean, within hours, we had made it. And I just couldn't wait to get the word out to the church. Uh, I think about this. In 2010, Kingdom Builders was $895,000 in 2010. It was 2012, we were about 1.6 million that we raised. And so to think how fast it has accelerated that we actually went over 6 million and we're continuing to give and continuing to grow. Um, I, I don't know where it's gonna uh, finish. I do know this, that uh, a couple of the campuses hit their goal. Uh, a couple of the campuses have had record years. You can keep adding to that record year. A couple of other campuses did not make their goal. They're still wondering like if they're gonna get, so I would just say, keep pressing in, keep giving towards those projects, keep going after it. And uh, we have about $300,000, just to be clear, we have about $300,000 in bonus projects, okay? So as people keep giving, we wanna go ahead for that. And uh, I say to God be the glory. And uh, somebody said, when will Kingdom Builders stop? It isn't stopping. Until he comes back, we're going to keep advancing the kingdom of God and uh, making it happen. So yes, it's amazing. <laughs> Praise God. So we are starting this series again, O Light Divine, and uh, I, it's, it's tradition. Uh, we kind of get to Christmas, and uh, I was ready to do a comfort food series. You know what I'm talking about? You get the Christmas carols. Maybe your campus did a special music number and you're just like, that was amazing. I love it. They need to sing more carols. Come Christmas Eve and we'll even have candlelight. All right, good. So, uh, but I, I wanted to do like a comfort series and say, okay, it's Christmas. Let's just take a look at this and have the, ah, sentimental moment. As I was preparing for this, as I was studying, I felt just lately, maybe this is just me, but I feel like God is just kind of like, hey, listen to me. We're not doing that. I'm either missing it or he's just interjecting a little more and he's speaking more direct to me. He's like, hey, hey, this is not sentimental. And I was like, well, Lord, what is it? He said, it's supernatural. It is supernatural. Don't, don't do a sentimental thing here. Sentimental's fine, but I want you to realize this is supernatural. So church, I want you to change your expectations right now. I want you to change your expectations for Christmas. We are not closing out the year with something sentimental. It'll be very familiar. You will know these things. But I believe God is saying, I want this church to believe for the supernatural. I want you to believe for more, expect more, pray for more. I mean, prayer teams ought to be fired up right now and ready so that at the end of the service, you are not praying that people will not fight with their relatives at Christmas, okay? 
That's way down there. If they do, you can still pray for that. But we're praying for the miracles to happen. We're praying for breakthroughs to happen. We're going to look at the message of Christmas and realize that this is not about spending and sentimental, and this is not a postcard moment. This is, we interrupt this broadcast. The whole world was just kind of not in sentimental. They were longing and looking for a breakthrough. And then God breaks in with supernatural after supernatural after supernatural, okay? And this should be very easy for us to grab hold of because uh, it seems like the world is stepping away from sentimental even right now. They're trying to ban Christmas and, you know, let's celebrate the end of the season, happy holidays, okay? So they're kind of even just stepping away from sentimental part of it. But the world is open to the supernatural. The world is open to the supernatural. And so maybe that's why God is just reminding me, like, come on, Christmas is supernatural. I mean, could you imagine inviting somebody to Christmas instead of just saying like, hey, we're doing this series and we have a lot of carols and we'll have eggnog. We won't have eggnog, but we'll have, you know, we'll, you know are you just saying, or, or this, like we're doing something supernatural. We're believing on Christmas Eve, hundreds of people are gonna get healed. We're believing that God's gonna give a word to people. Our prayer teams are fired up, ready to flow in the prophetic. People are like, whoa, 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 hey, it's a supernatural Christmas. I just, I'm raising our expectation because 65% of people believe in the supernatural. 65% of people believe in the supernatural. Matter of fact, in the UK, in, in, in England, uh, they believe more in ghosts than they believe in God. They're open to the supernatural. And I believe God's saying, come on, wake these people up with the supernatural. And in, instead of just saying Merry Christmas, we could say Merry Supernatural Christmas. <laughs> Take it to another level. I'm just saying Jesus' birth was all about the supernatural. We have Old Testament prophecies being fulfilled, angels making house visits, angels making sky visits. We have dreams. We have supernatural star. We even have Christ's conception is supernatural. Everything about this story is God is breaking in on a supernatural way into mankind, into what they need, and he's, he's opening it all up. It's all happening. All these things are going on and we've limited it down to just let's close out the year. And God's like, no, I'm opening it all up. Now, everything we have about the birth of Jesus really comes from uh, the gospels of Matthew and Luke. And Luke gives us more insight into some other things than Matthew does. Luke actually uh, opens up the book of Luke and he says, I, I went around, I, I, I did eyewitness interviews, I tried to see who knew about Jesus, what do they know, and I put this report together for you. And so it's believed that he has insight that the others don't because it's believed that he could have talked actually to Mary. He either talked to Mary or somebody that was very close to Mary so that he could get that insight of, wait a minute, what do you mean that happened? What do you mean that happened? How did that happen? What do you mean you ponder that in your heart? And so we have some beautiful things here from the Gospel of Luke. And today, with the time that I have, I want to focus on, on the supernatural with Elizabeth and Zachariah. Okay, so we have Elizabeth and Zechariah, and then we'll get a little bit to John the Baptist. He'll be part of this. And then next week, we'll move further in the story, and then we'll move to the story of the birth of Jesus and look at the supernatural components uh, of this story. Now, um, Zechariah is a priest. He is a priest. He's um, a great man. The Bible tells us that he's a godly man, a righteous man. Um, he's married to Elizabeth. And we just know this, that she's somehow related to Mary. We don't know if it's aunt, great aunt. The Bible says uh, kinswoman. So it means relative of some degree. 
And we know that they're good people. We know that they're righteous. Um, they are just uh, people that are, they come on the scene as a power couple. I mean, before Brangelina, there was Zachabeth. All right, so Zachabeth, they were together, power couple. So we see them in Luke chapter one. And, and I have a lot of, of bio, there's so much to this story. And I don't want to have you not know what's going on. For those of you that are new, of course, it's, it's tradition. And, and a lot of us read this, but I'll, I'll highlight some of this. In Luke chapter one, if you have your Bible, you can go there. If you don't, follow along on the screen. If they can keep up with me, I'm going to be jumping around. Um, in Luke chapter one, uh, starting in verse five, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old, okay? Now I'll, I'll skip down to verse 11 because Zechariah gets picked to be the priest to go in and burn incense. And while he's doing that, it says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He'll be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And then it goes on. God gives some restrictions for uh, John and the way he will be. And so in verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along with years, in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come, come true at their appointed time. I mean, there are so many messages. I mean, we, there's so much going on here. So all these people are, okay, I'll summarize this. People are waiting for Zachariah to come out. He comes out, he can't speak. After his time of services fulfilled, he goes home to his wife, Elizabeth. Somehow he tells her they're gonna have a baby and uh, she gets pregnant. Then we have the story in Luke chapter one about Mary gets pregnant. Angel visits Mary. Mary is now pregnant. And then the Bible tells us that Mary comes to visit Elizabeth, verse 39, all right? At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea when she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Supernatural. Stuff is going on right here. Don't miss it. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Okay, then we have the moment of the birth of John the Baptist. We have the, the moment of John being uh, born. And we have Zachariah saying his name will be John. We have Zachariah's mouth opened up. Then Zachariah gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he starts to prophesy. Do you understand how much is going on? And we are just in the prelude right now. There's so much supernatural. Grab that. That's what's going on. All of these things are happening. And then it talks about John the Baptist, that he'd be the forerunner and he would be the one pointing to Jesus. He would be the one saying, he's the Messiah. He's the one. And if you're ever wondering in art, if you ever look up John the Baptist and you're wondering which one is John the Baptist in the picture, he's always the one pointing. I think we have a couple pictures. Go ahead and show us a couple pictures. Okay. So see, there's John and he's pointing. You see his hand? He's pointing at Jesus. Go ahead and show us the next one. Here he is. He's like, there's the lamb. Okay. That's symbolic. All right. He's always pointing. All right. Here's John. He, he looks depressed there, but he's like, Here's Jesus. That's not Joseph. That's John. He's pointing. All right, go ahead. Go to the next one. All right, John. Look at, there's hipster John pointing 
to Jesus. He's like, you're the man. All right. He's always pointing. He's always, always pointing. All right. Now there's a supernatural thing going on. God is supernaturally sending the forerunner to Jesus. God is, he's prophesied this. We have all these other things that we could look at. John's now there and they're supernatural. I mean, Zechariah has been handpicked to be in there. His division has 18,000 priests. What are the odds that he would be picked one out of 18,000? We've got something supernatural that is happening at the right moment. We have an angel appearing to Zechariah. We have Zechariah going mute. We have them conceiving a baby in their old age. Uh, John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit from in the womb. The baby uh, leaping in the womb. Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have Zechariah speaking again. Zechariah being filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah prophesying. We have Mary. I mean, so all this stuff is going on. And I want to point out this uh, right away in this. The angel appears to them in their impossible situation. The angel appears to them in their impossible situation. They are being faithful. They are just serving. They are righteous. And I want to speak to you. If you are being faithful and you're serving and you're being righteous and you're wondering, does it matter? Does it make a difference? Is God even paying attention? Should I vary from the plan? Don't vary from the plan. Stay faithful. Stay righteous. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, and then the angel appears in this moment. Again, uh, Zechariah is one out of 18,000. He's, he's in there and he's burning incense. And as he was burning incense, incense, this was symbolic of the prayers of God's people going up to God. So he's got these incense and he's burning it on the altar and it's symbolic, like prayers are going up to God and prayers are being heard. And in this moment, I'm sure that Zechariah was praying and he's realizing, God, I, am, I was like 0 for 3 in my life and now I'm 1 for 3. I don't know if you could ever fulfill anything else. Probably not. What do I mean by that? As a priest, he'd be praying, Lord, it would be my honor to burn incense before you. Could I be picked? But he was 0 for 3. That had never happened. As a priest, he was praying, God, let me have a son. Never happened. Or a daughter. Let me have a child. Let me be a dad. Never happened. He's like, God, let me see the Messiah, the Savior. He's 0 for 3, and he's about ready to become 3 for 3. I'm just telling you, you may be 0 for 3 wherever you're at with all you've been praying for, but God can change it in a moment, and 0 for 3 can change to 3 for 3. You just got to believe God. And, and, and it's amazing that the angel Gabriel, Zechariah is like, how's this going to happen? And Zechariah is like, hey, I stand at the right hand. I'm right there with God. I didn't come here on my own power. I came here in the strength of God right now. And God's saying that it's going to happen. And because you didn't believe it, now you're not able to talk. I mean, just the power behind that. And, and when I think about us limiting God, God, I'm 0 for 3. You might say, Pastor Rob, I'm worse than 0 for 3. I'm 0 for 10. And you start doubting God. I'm telling you, you got to believe that God knows what he's doing. And you got to realize where Jesus is standing right now. The Bible tells us that Jesus is right now standing at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for you and me. Okay, so if Gabriel's like, hey, I just came from the presence of God. I got some power backing this up. Right now, the one who knows where you are, the one that can change your O for three to three for three is standing at the right hand of the Father. And he's like, I'm praying for you. So forget about where you're standing and look at where he's standing. 
because he's standing in a place of power. That means your impossible situation can be answered. That means your wayward child could come home. Don't you dare stop praying for your wayward child. That means your sideways spouse could come back. That means your the disease that's defeating you could be destroyed and God's power could overcome it. Do you understand that? That's, Jesus is right now interceding for you. Your setback could lead to your comeback. I mean, all these things are going on. Your helpless situation that is just sucking the life out of you and you are walking around with an 0 for 3 mentality. You need to change it in Jesus' name. You're about to be 3 for 3. Now, I said that and I know what happens. Not me. Not me. And yet some of you are like, that could be me. I'm telling you, I, I pray you go to the prayer teams. I pray that we have lines out the door with people saying, man, I'm, I'm gonna be three for three. I'm tired of being 0 for three. I believe God is, is right now ready to meet me. I believe God wants to do something miraculous at Christmas. It's not about the sentiment. It's about the supernatural. It's about the supernatural. The angel tells him, he says, you know, you're gonna name him John. And uh, you got to understand, um, he come, he's like, this is not, it's not the way it works. Uh, you know, you want to name after yourself. You know, I am, by the way, Robert Ferdinand Ketterling II, okay, named after my dad when we were pregnant, when Becca was pregnant and we gave birth and, or she gave birth. I'm, I'm claiming any credit here, none. <laughs> when she gave birth, let's be clear. Uh, I said, should we name him Robert Ferdinand Ketterling III? And she goes, it ends with you. <laughs> Just stays right there. It's a better name. So, okay, I get it. All right, yeah. So, but when God jumps in, he's like, no, his name is going to be John. His name is going to be John. And when God names a child, it just underscores the significance Okay, he should have been named after a family member. But you know what God says? When God breaks in in this supernatural moment, he's revealing a little bit of himself right there. And the name John means God is gracious. Think about that. He could have said, you know, he's going to name him. Watch out. Here comes God. You know, there's a lot of things. (laughs) You know, stop doubting me. There's a lot of things. He could have named him. And God breaks in and says, I want you to name him. God is gracious. God is gracious. It's it's another thing that is interesting. Zachariah, you know what his name means? The Lord has remembered. So here's a guy whose name the Lord has remembered. Standing before the altar, burning the... I've been 0 for 3, now I'm 1 for 3. Have you really remembered? Have you really remembered? And then he gets to name his child. God is gracious. Then he says, you know, You'll be filled with joy and gladness. I can imagine he's just filled with joy. He says the whole world is going to be filled with joy and gladness because John is going to be pointing to the Savior. And if I could just say, any time that Luke is using joy in the story of Jesus, and whether it's with Zechariah, whether it's with Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, anywhere in there where there's joy, I want you to get this. It is an outrageous joy. Okay, it is a, it is a, the, the meaning of the word joy there where it's used means a wild joy, ecstatic delight, exaltation, exhilaration. Okay, so all the story about Luke, like, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, like joy. This is huge. This is wild. This is exhilarating. This is amazing. Uh, again, we come into church at Christmas and we're kind of like, Okay, 
I, I think it almost should be like, hey, 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 come on, settle down. We got to sing. Come on. You know, and then I just think of the chaos, but it's okay. I mean, we ought to have so much joy. We, hey, come on. Do you imagine us walking around with so much joy, smiling right now? Like, what are you smiling for? This is the most joyful time of the year. Are you getting a lot for Christmas? I've already got more than I ever thought I could. What do you mean? It's, it's supernatural. God sent his son Jesus into this earth and all that from a smile. You know what I'm saying? All that from a woo. All right, you know. So we need more joy at Christmas, all right. Fast forward, um, Zachariah is mute. He's mute and he's coming out. And uh, what's interesting, when he comes out of the presence of God uh, and, and burning the incense and saying the prayers are going up, he's supposed to come and speak a blessing over the people. That is part of his job now. Now he has to speak and proclaim a blessing over them, and he can't. And he can't because he's mute, and he's going to be mute until this baby uh, comes on the scene. And it's interesting. I don't know how he did it. You know, the, the sign language, he goes to Elizabeth. She's like, what happened? He's like, he's like. And she's like. Uh. And he's like, no. You know, I mean, like, I don't know what he's doing. And then she's like, really? And he's like, and she's like, da, 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 da. you know, I mean, like, we're having a baby. Okay, that's my <laughs> message version. So now she's pregnant. She's pregnant. And it's a beautiful thing. Again, the supernatural that's happening here. We have a play date with Jesus and John the Baptist while they're still in the womb. Okay, and this is amazing. I just, I had this thought just as I was studying for this. Two members of the Trinity meet up on planet Earth for the first time. Think about this. The Bible says that John the Baptist will be filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Jesus is in the womb of Mary, and they are within proximity of each other. I mean, the two members of the Trinity are right within a few feet, and the Bible tells us that when, when, Jesus, when Mary walks in with Jesus, all of a sudden John the Baptist leaps up, and, and he's always pointing, so I'm sure he's like, like, right there, right there, right there. It was different. I mean, she was like, that's something going on. This is an amazing thing. It's supernatural. And then she starts to prophesy in a loud voice. And she starts to prophesy. And there's something going on here. And if I, if I could just say, I, I, I don't want this. I, I love using humor to connect with people. But I, I had this thought as I was prepping. Um, I mean, what if when you opened up a, a Christmas card this year, instead of having a sentimental moment, what if God baptized you in the Holy Spirit? I mean, I just, I'm just telling you, I know this. I, 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 what if you opened it up and you saw, oh, what a great picture. And all of a sudden something happened and it leaped within you about Christmas and about supernatural and faith rose up and you got your healing. I'm just saying, what if you opened it up instead of going all sentimental and, and you just said, God, I just am believing in supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm saying when you read the account in Luke, you're just saying there's something here that's more. There's supernatural. There's amazing. There's, there's exciting things here. This is not just Christmas carols. What if this year as we sing the Christmas carols, there's moving moments, but instead of it just being nostalgia and sentiment, what if all of a sudden God did the miraculous in our place? 
I'm saying healings. I'm saying miracles. I'm saying divine intervention. I'm saying things happening in a supernatural way that we raise our expectations. Let's not coast into this right now. Let's say, God, we desire for more. I mean, after this, Zachariah gets filled in the Holy Spirit and he starts prophesying and all this is coming on and, and amazing things are happening. And I'm just believing, God, that this will happen in our church, that at all of our camp campuses, that we will see this, that the Holy Spirit will be free to move in our midst. Midst. Please don't mail it in. We haven't closed out the year. Please don't stop believing. Please right now, even if you have that oh, oh, light divine and you have that card to invite to somebody, pray over it and believe God for the miraculous. Believe that it's going to fall on, on ears that will hear it. Believe God for your miracle. When we go with prayer teams at the end of the service, as we go through Christmas, this is the moment. Believe God that your family member could get saved on Christmas Eve. They could have a miracle take place. Could you imagine you're eating dinner and they're like, I just got to talk to you. When we were at church tonight, I didn't want to say anything, but I, I, I mean, my heal. I don't know. I mean, talk to me about Jesus. Let's raise our expectation. Let's believe God that this is a supernatural Christmas. And if you need a miracle, if you need a word from God, if you need a breakthrough, I'm telling you, the whole story is supernatural. And if God could break in on them, God could break in on you and God could bring you your miracle. So Lord, I'm praying that you would raise our expectation. I'm praying that you would raise our, our delight and desire for the supernatural. Lord, we love the sentimental part of Christmas. We, we just think that is amazing. And we love the Christmas carols and we love reading the story and we love just the traditions that we have. But I pray that the traditions would remind us that it, it's a supernatural breakthrough. It's a supernatural breakthrough into this world. And, and you sent your son in a supernatural way you sent your son, God, and you said uh, that, that the prophecies would be fulfilled. There's so much going on with the power of the Holy Spirit. Forgive us for not singing in a way that believes the power of the Holy Spirit will fall in our midst and, and, and have a, a breakthrough for us. So God, I'm just believing that we will step out in faith, believing for a supernatural Christmas this year. Help our faith rise up. And instead of just, uh, again, being sentimental with the family, I'm praying that there would be breakthrough moments as we're there with them. We'd be able to pray for the sick. We'd be able to share our faith. We'd be able to have a prophetic word over things. But I just believe, God, that there's more for us. And I pray for a supernatural Christmas in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Can you stand with me all across this place? I'm believing for this, and I want the prayer teams to be ready with this. I want us to be praying for a supernatural breakthrough. I don't want us to, you know, just like, again, I, I would pray for you if you are, are faced with relatives. You're like, I don't know. We would, but I believe that there are people that are sick. I believe that there are people that need a miracle. I believe there are people that need a breakthrough. I believe people need a word from God. You're like, I've, it feels silent. I believe there are people that are 0 for 3, and you need to pray for a breakthrough. And I want the prayer teams to be up here ready to pray for people. Come on, prayer teams, make your way on up here. That's okay. You fight your way through. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm believing that they're ready to pray for people and pray for your breakthrough. Don't mail it in. Don't mail it in. Don't say, well, that was good. This is for you now. If you need a, a breakthrough, a prayer, a healing, a miracle, 
after Superintendent Clay was with us last week and he preached and he talked about his son, we talked about the miracle that happened in our family about healing from autism with Connor being healed. And we're at dinner on Sunday and we just prayed in, in vivo and we're praying over them for healing and believing God for their grandson Jackson that he talked about to be healed. I'm telling you, we don't give up on that. We keep praying. We're looking for the supernatural in the supermarket. We're looking for the supernatural at the gas station. We're looking for the supernatural in the church. We're believing God that he wants to do something supernatural. So let our faith rise up. Let's sentiment is wonderful, but supernatural will change our lives. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commission you. I want to do this. I want to just commission you to go out. I know it sounds just track with me. I want you to flow in the supernatural. I want you to, I, I just, I want you to raise your expectation from sentimental to supernatural. I just want you to step out on a limb and just pray for the sick. Pray for healing. Pray for miracles. Step out. Maybe you feel a word over somebody. Maybe you feel led to give somebody some money. I don't know what it is that God, I want you to step into the supernatural and not, not miss the close of this year. And then if you need prayer, I want you to come up to a prayer team member. So Lord, I'm just praying right now for our church, they would step into the supernatural. This is not something just for the pastors to do. This is not something just for the prayer teams to do. The Bible talks about that we'll do greater works. The Bible talks about greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. The Bible talks about your disciples being able to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Bible talks about us being your disciples. And so I commission our church to go out in the supernatural to go out. Thank you for the sentimental, Lord, but we want an upgrade to the supernatural in Jesus' name. So help us to be alert, help us to step out in faith, and help us to believe for more. We just receive this, we believe this, and we step out in the supernatural. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.